My name's Dusty Slay. I'm your host. I'm here with my wife and co-host, Hannah Slay. Good evening. Uh, we got a little bit of a new podcast set up here. If you're just listening, which most of you are because we don't post the full thing online. Um, uh, I'm having some problems with my mic stand here. I just, we, we, we rearranged, we cleaned it up. It was real cluttered in here. And uh, now it's much better. Feels good. We've had a lot of home improvements. Our back porch is done. We haven't talked about the back porch in so long. I'm sure that you just assumed that it was done and we had been hanging out back there. It took a while, but it is done and we love it. Mm. I mean, it's just one of those things where I talk to the guys about it. They're friends, you know, so it was like, I don't think there was a lot of pressure on, on our end, we weren't like, we need to get this finished up because it's winter time, right? We're like, they came in real quick, tore down the back porch that we had, and then built a new back porch for us real fast so we could walk around out there. We had what we had before, like the whole time. It was just taking a while to get... The you know, and even the roof came on quick, but it was just taking a while to get the screened in. And we got some lights out there and we got it stained. It looks very nice. We're very happy with it. So, you know, we made podcasts from the back porch at some point in the future. We may do a little out back podcast one day. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I can't wait. In the summer, hear the crickets in the background. Yeah. Right now, we have a our neighbor. Uh, to the back of us, not Frank, the guy who put up an eight-foot privacy fence, but his next-door neighbor, um, a man that does a lot of roofing. He has a roofing company, and he has his wife is Chinese, and I believe her uh, parents live there. This is just us spying on them from our back porch. They're great gardeners. They have a really great garden. But right now they're building a, they have a gigantic fire going on. Like I thought their house was on fire when I went out back. But they're just standing around like building the biggest fire I've seen in 10 years. Yeah, I'm only half in this podcast right now because I'm worried that that fire is out of control. Yeah. And that our house is about to burn down. Yeah, because we can't see it. from this. We got no windows in the studio. Mm-mm. So, and then of course the window that does face the fire is where our eight-month-old baby is sleeping. Yeah, so. so we can't even peep out there. Yeah, I'm horrified. But uh, everything's all good. Yeah, we're pumped to be here. Absolutely. I just got back from Tulsa, Oklahoma. I did five shows there. Three of them were sold out, and the other two were really packed. And it was a hot weekend. It just was like, I was like, all right, this is what I'm talking about. Yes. The audiences were on fire. They just were were great people. Nate Land listeners were having a good time, podcast listeners. Um, people, fans of the Netflix, YouTube, TikTok, people coming from all over the place. One oh. couple sent me a note and said they had driven five and a half hours to come see me. Wow. And I'm like, I'm blown away by it. Mm. 
And I'm like, I'm like, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm able to come out here and do jokes for my audience. So are you feeling the Netflix exposure? Yeah, I mean, all this time I've been I mean, my I'm when I say all this time, I mean my entire time I'm doing comedy. I've been out here trying to convince this crowd of people that somehow showed up to my show that they are now fans of my comedy. Now, the last couple of years, it's not been totally that. I've had a real mixed bag of it where it'll be a lot of people at the show or fans of mine. A lot of people are maybe not. But now it just felt like this weekend, it felt like that whole audience was fans of mine. Yeah. And that feels good. Yeah. And then this weekend, I'm going to Indianapolis to Helium, and we added a show. Wow. Because not all the shows were sold out, and I was kind of like, and that's kind of where I was like, well, should we add a show when all of them are not sold out? But three of them are sold out. Two of them are very close. And I think now the added show is about halfway. Oh, wow. So... You're going to be working hard this weekend. I know. I'm tired already. Working hard. Yeah. Both, both day, day and night. night. It's true. I'm yeah. getting up in the morning. I'm doing Bob and Tom, you know, on yeah. Friday morning. I'm getting up tomorrow. I'm driving there, doing a show, getting up Friday morning, doing Bob and Tom, doing two shows, getting up Saturday morning, doing three shows. That is working hard both day and night. Well, listen, I, I'd like to take this opportunity to also let our listeners know that you've been a great husband this week. You've really stepped up. You're always stepping up, and maybe just now is me noticing it, <laughs> but you've been so helpful and really given me some time to uh, be a human being outside of my kids, and I appreciate it. Yeah. And as a result, I am so tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. Someone please send help. Does anybody have an extra grandparent that we can borrow? Well, we could really use just someone. Or you know what? Let's just put it out there. We're looking for a nanny. Well, we're looking for someone. Uh, nah, nah, you know, that's the thing, though. I'm looking like, for nah, a sister like, wife. There's, there's plenty. I'd like to bring in another woman to this house. Um, but no funny business, but just like be my friend and live with us. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I feel like there's plenty of people we could hire to help, but I, I want people that I know and trust. Yeah. Um, I don't want some secret witch lady <laughs> whispering stuff in my daughter's ear when we're not around. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's too much going on out here. Mm -hmm. People think too much. I mean, I'm trying to read these Disney books to my kid. My friend gave me a, a big Disney book, and I thought, well, that seems fun. You know, uh, classic Disney tales. But they're all magic. They're all every story. I'm like, I'm just trying to find a story that I can read to my daughter where it doesn't start with one of the character's parents dying. Uh, and then I'm reading Pinocchio yeah, tonight. I was just going to say, Pinocchio is so dark. I'm reading Pinocchio, and the first thing that struck me, here's Geppetto. He seems like a nice guy. He's making a puppet, and he goes, I wish you were a real boy. And then that night, some witch comes to visit him, 
and and that the witch, blue fairy. Yeah, the yeah, but that witch turns um, Pinocchio into a, 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 a gives him life. He's not even a real boy. He's just a puppet come to life. And in this book, it says the next day Pinocchio was on his way to school. <laughs> I'm like Geppetto's like. <laughs> <laughs> He wanted a son so bad the second he got him, he just shoves him off. Yeah, and he's walking. He's not even driving him. He's like, he's off to school with his cricket buddy, <laughs> Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> and and then he gets he gets you know he gets trapped that day. Well, well, all right. Let's say this: a guy comes to him and a guy says, "I can make you famous." So Pinocchio goes and dances in a bar all day. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. it says he has a blast. Yeah. And then except for that night, that dude locks him in a cage. So then the witch comes to him and the witch is like, oh, I told you to be a good boy. And you, why did you not? Why did you come here instead of going to school? And he lies about it, and his nose starts to grow. But well, I don't understand why he lies. I mean, to me, he should go, well, uh, yesterday I didn't even exist. <laughs> Today I exist, and I'm <laughs> off to school. And a guy's like, I'll make you famous. And I don't even know what that means. Yeah, I'm a little overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she's like, I'm going to give you another chance. So then his next day walking to school, a guy pulls up in a truck pulled by some sad donkeys. I'm fresh on the tail. And and a, and a truck full of boys laughing, having a good time. And he said, I want to take you to Pleasure Island. And I'm like, Geez. so he goes there. He's, he's like, well, that sounds good. And he goes there and he starts eating a bunch of candy. And him and Jiminy Cricket start turning into donkeys. <laughs> <laughs> The 1940s, whenever this was written, it was a wild time. Yeah. So I'm, so they run away. They get back home, and Geppetto's like, I've gone looking for Pinocchio. I've gone out to sea, and he's been eaten by a whale. Yeah. And then, and then but then... But then, so then Pinocchio, like, they say he goes and saves Pinocchio, and then they... Pinocchio like helps Geppetto get to shore because somehow Pinocchio can swim, but Geppetto can't. And then well, he helps him escape. Out right. Of the, yeah. And the next thing you know, Pinocchio's face down in the water. He's a very, dead. Yeah. A very jarring picture. Also, There is a picture of him face down. There's not a ton of pictures in this book, but there is a picture of him face down in the water. It's startling. Every time I see it sitting with Daisy, I'm just like, geez, I'm so, so like, it's like, I don't, she doesn't even know the concept of death. And then here comes the witch. She goes, well, you were a good boy today. So now I'm going to make you a real boy. And it's like, what? I mean, he had two days on earth. He got kidnapped twice. And, and then his G Geppetto got eaten by a whale. It's like, where are they living at? <laughs> <laughs> Where they where they living at? What's going on in this world? The thing about Pinocchio too, because I've not read the book. Every you always just know about Pinocchio and his nose growing when he lies. But there's so much more to the story of Pinocchio. The the nose growing thing is just like a small sliver of the story. Sort yeah. of besides the point. This guy's getting caught up in child trafficking. Yeah, it's like 
Jeez. And, and, and that's like one of the tamest stories in the book. I mean, it's like uh, Mickey and the Beanstalk. They couldn't even give us Jack and the Beanstalk. They had to switch it up to Mickey and the Beanstalk. And then there's um, the Three Little Pigs. Uh, the Three Little Pigs is the chillest story in the book. And it's about a wolf coming to try to eat these pigs. Yeah. This is Disney. Yeah. This is deemed appropriate for young children. I don't get it. I mean, Violent it is, tales. It is just like straight up death. And I know people will go, well, the Bible's full of death too. And I'm like, yeah, Bible's not really a children's book either. No, and we've tried. I've tried to read her Bible stories. And I mean, between the weird names that I can't pronounce. <laughs> yeah. And the like attention to details that kind of take away from the plot line. It's like... And then all of a sudden, someone's dead or forbidden, and you're like, all right, she's lost well, the cue. Yes. I've been reading a lot of, I've been reading some stories out of Second Chronicles. I had really gotten kind of out of, you know, it's like the, the Bible, a thing that I used to do, this was a thing, this is what kept me reading it, was I would say to myself, you got to read at least one chapter Every day, just one. That's it. You don't have to do more, but you got to do one chapter. And if you get if you get into that, and and you're like, no matter what, you're like, ah, oh, no, I got to get it in. I got to get it in. Uh, it may not when you when you say it like that. I got to get it in. Yeah. It may not seem like that you're you're taking it so serious, but it's like it keeps you in there. So it keeps you into it. And then on your Sabbath day, you know, read several chapters. Or read more if you have time, but but at least one. So I've gotten back into that routine. I'm in right now. It's good. I've been reading some stuff out of Second Chronicles, and it's been very good. But the names thing is a big deal where it's like, it'll be some really long name, son of this long name, ruler of this long name city, is friends with this long name, son of this long name. And it's like... I'm, I gotta, I think what I'm going to do is start writing them down mm -hmm. just so I can do my own little family tree while I'm reading so I can keep track of who is who. Well, also keep in straight if you're reading Chronicles, the different tribes of Israel and the way Israel's broken up into this, this is a tribe. Am I saying the right? Well, it's mainly Judah houses, versus houses. Judah versus Israel. Is yeah, what, yeah, but then, but then, like the whole house of Israel, the house of Judah. It's like it's all very confusing. Yeah, so it's been really interesting, though. I really like it. I don't really have anything to say about it because I, um, I want to be be tighter on it. But it is interesting, and I like it. Um, uh, Do you feel like you're reading your Bible game is? is the same as like your prayer game or do you feel like you pray more than you read your Bible? Um, well, I think they go hand in hand. Okay. I think if you're not now, you know, I'm always praying something, you know, but I think that your prayer game is stronger if you're also reading your Bible Yeah, and vice versa, you know? Yeah. yeah I think it goes hand in hand. Yeah. Cause you're keeping your head on divine things when you're reading the Bible. Yeah. Whereas when I'm praying, sometimes my mind just goes to, I don't know, Instagram or something. And, yeah, and the hard thing for me, and this is what this is what phone companies have really done to us. Like, I don't really like reading. I've never liked reading. I don't like reading anything. And 
So a phone is that entertainment that I can find when I need some downtime or, or a YouTube video is really good. But, um, you know, it's hard, hard for me to read, especially when I'm tired, I'm, you know, and I, I get motion sickness. So I'm like, sometimes I'll be like, you know what, I'm going to read on the plane. And then I'm on the plane. I'm like, oh, no, there's no way I can be reading right now. And then, um, you know, you just want to zone out when you get tired. You just mm-hmm. want to zombie out and just look at a screen. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't enjoy reading as much when I'm tired. You d- it definitely re- requires more more mental focus. And since the Netflix came out, though, I have been on the go. I mean, there's been some there's been some moments of downtime, but for the most part, it's been on the go. I've been mm-hmm. I've been to New York since then. I've been to L.A. since then. You know, I'll be going back to both of those places soon. I've done way more podcasts than I ever do. And I've done way, way, so much radio and um, just, yeah, it's wild out here. Yeah, you're working hard. And then then we've got two young kids and then we've got house stuff. Like, it's just like the minutia of life. Like, it's just like, there's always something. It's like, oh, our lights in our kitchen don't work this morning for some reason. Now we got to deal with that. Oh, why don't we get a plumber in here and fix this toilet? Like... It's always stuff going on. And I like to do stuff like that. I like to mess around with stuff like that. Like in the kitchen, like there's power going to the thing that I just think the fixture needs to be replaced. And I like to do that, but I'm not real efficient in it. So it takes me a while. So I'm like, I only got a few days at home. I don't want to spend it like doing the fixture. But if it were just me and Hannah here, uh, I'd love to get in there. Yeah. Replace the fixture. That's a lot of fun. It's not going to be just me and you here for a long time. No. <laughs> no, maybe ever. I mean, who knows? Yeah. With the how, I mean, who knows where housing's going? I mean, this may be the wave of the future. Our family may live here with us. That'd be nice. Yeah. That'd they may nice. bring their, their siblings, their, not their siblings, their, um, kin yeah children. we're doing a late night podcast here. Yeah. We apologize. We, we yeah, we, <laughs> we messed up. Um, yeah. We just, things got, I, I did too much this week too. This week I did, I filmed a, a new episode. I don't know if you ever watched the Nashville hot thing that I did with Aaron Weber where we ate hot chicken and talked. I did one of those with Brian Bates on Monday and then immediately after that taped Nate Land. And then yesterday I went and did a live podcast down at Zany's with uh, my friend Jordan Jensen. Uh, I forget what it's called. Ian, uh, uh I don't know. It's a very dirty podcast. Jordan is one of is is one of my great friends. I mean, she's so funny. She's a great comic. We've been friends a long time, but she is real dirty. And uh, the podcast is the dirtiest I've seen. Okay. They had. I can't even. I want to make jokes about some of the stuff, but it's even I, too much to talk about. But I mean, they had. They have people from the audience ask them advice, and. Um, one girl came up asking some sort of relationship advice of a sexual nature. And what she was asking, I said, is your boyfriend here? And then I said, I'd like to give him advice. He should break up with you and move on with his life. He's going to be much better off. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, bless their heart. And then he came up on stage and based on the interaction I don't think he's going to do it. I don't think he's going to break up with her. Well, 
Was she prettier than him? Uh, it's debatable. She had a lot going on. Yeah. She's probably a very attractive person, but she had a lot. I think she had like her gums pierced. Yeah. You know how sometimes like above your front teeth, someone will have like a little piercing in their gums. Yeah. She had that going on. Okay. And she wanted to do things to that man. And um, I can't say it. Okay. Uh, but I was like, you got to break up. I said, I don't know what's, you got to break up with her. You got to get out of here. Mm. Go back home. Apologize to your parents uh, and uh, get a job at Lowe's. Try to work your way up. Maybe start you some kind of family. Yeah. That's great advice, Dusty. I said, you got to get out of here. What advice would you give, you know, young singles people or people that are doing the whole boyfriend, girlfriend thing? Like, how do you know when you've met the one? Well, I think the thing to do is you just got to pray about it and you just got to, you just got to live out here in the world you got to go on about your day you got to you got to worry about you just got to take care of yourself if you're especially if you're a man you just gotta you know you got to get your you got to get your um your ducks in a row you got to get yourself situated try to get you a decent job clean yourself up don't be sloppy don't be an alcoholic um and uh pray and read your bible and it's just gonna come the relationship's just going to come. Don't force it because you can be forcing it out here and you're going to be, you're, you're going to force your way into a relationship that you're not supposed to be in. And then you're going to have sex and then you're going to be like, oh, I'm in love because you've had sex and you're going to, it's going to mess you up. Guys get like that too with sex. Everybody does. Everybody does. I'm not saying that guys can't get casual with it. But I'm saying when you start dating someone, you have sex with them, you then you're like, oh, I'm in love with this person. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I'm just saying that's what no, happens. No, no. I always just thought like that was like a thing that like girls. No, like, no. Guys are able to have casual sexual relationships and move on from them mm -hmm. just because. But I'm saying when they're when you're dating, you can mistake I don't know. You can mistake lust for love. Yes, yes, yes. That's what I'm saying. That's good. So you get yourself too involved too fast of a physical nature. And I mean, you know, who am I to tell this to people? But I'm just saying, if I were able to give myself advice when I was younger, these are things I would say to myself. Because mm -hmm. I was given, some people gave me good advice. But for the most part, I was given terrible advice. For about meeting about women? dating and about uh, just, what was the worst advice you got? Well, just people love to give this advice of you know when you get married you're gonna have just one woman for the rest of your life so you might as well get out there and live it up while you can mm. and that's just the world's worst advice. Yeah, it is just the worst advice because. There's no, it's, it's not as if you hit some limit out here where you're like, all right, I've had this many uh, relationships with people and now I'm good. Now I feel like I could, I could settle down. It's like, you're just uh, making yourself filthy and uh, you're, you know, you're going to be in a worse spot. You don't end up in a better spot. You end up in a worse spot.
Mm-hmm. I'm being vague here. No, I know. Cause we don't really talk about this kind of stuff. So we can, and plus it's a little weird talking to you about dating and all that. It's not like me and you sit around talking about our dating exploits. No, no, I don't like to do that, but that is what I would tell people. You know, women, I don't necessarily have the advice, but I, I you know, I just think that everybody thinks they got to, um, they got to go out and find the person. I'm of the belief that God will send the person to you. Yeah, I do think like you should try to like align on the important things. Like if you believe in God, then you should probably find someone that also believes in God. If you don't believe in God, then you should probably find someone that also doesn't believe in God. Now, well, I agree with the first thing, but I think if you don't believe in God, you should find someone that does believe in God and then take on their religion. (laughs) right but i mean the presumption is that you have decided you don't believe in god so you're not looking to have your mind changed but i think like maybe someone that's like god curious we'll say but i think would be more likely to like you know here's an example i think of it like this if you have never uh done drugs and been to rehab uh, try to find uh, someone who's also not drunk, done drugs and been to rehab, right? Just try to find a person that shares your values, right? But if you have done drugs and been to rehab, try to find someone that hasn't. Because I feel like I know people, and now I don't know everyone, but I feel like I hear these type of scenarios where people do drugs, they go to rehab, and then they meet someone in rehab and then they start dating. And then I feel like it can be good, right? If they both, they're like, all right, we, we know what we've been through and we want to walk the straight and narrow now. But I feel like when people meet in rehab, if one of them relapses, then they both relapse. Yeah, that's true. And so I think that way about that. Like if you're, if you, if you don't, if you're an atheist, you know, try to marry a religious person. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I know that you don't want to probably yeah. if you're an I atheist, feel like but. you'd have to have, I mean, I believe everybody has the spark of the conviction of God in them latent, you know, whether they know it or not. So I believe it can be awakened in anyone no matter the most devout atheist person, but there's a lot of devout atheists or agnostics i guess that don't want to necessarily inherit you know per se christianity we'll say you know but yeah. I, I, and i mean you know I, I think being a christian is the edgy thing now yeah it's it like is. because you know you know you like it's like if you're if you're like a, a pre-tribulation rapture type person where you believe that all christians will be called off the earth before the tribulation period period um then, you know, it all seems good and fun. You're like, we'll get out of here before. But if you're post-trib, and I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's a there's a saying that you hope, you pray for pre-trib, you prepare for post-trib. But if you're post-trib, you know, we're all going to get our heads chopped off with guillotines one day. That's what a lot of people believe. Um, so, um, you know, so that's the edgy thing. Can you imagine you take on that religion knowing that, the world's coming against you. That's edgy. That's hardcore. 
Well, you didn't open with that when you were first courting me. <laughs> so if, if you had told me about that when you were pitching me on Christianity, I don't know. Maybe I would have been like, you know what? Well, that's what a lot of people believe. I'm not saying I believe that, but I'm just saying that 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 belief system is out there that, you know, that, you know, with the, when the the end times, the revelation yeah. stuff that people don't like to get into because they're like, this is scary. This mm -hmm. is not fun mm -hmm. that, you know, you'd like to get into that stuff. I mean, it's like, you know, uh, you know, you got to prepare for that. Mm, but don't be afraid of what they can do to your body. Be afraid of the one that what can do to your soul. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is a wild podcast we're doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whenever you're talking about getting your head chopped off with a guillotine, it gets wild. <laughs> yeah. But I love you. You're a great father. But this, yeah. Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. I feel great. We're having a good time. Yeah, we are having a good time. That's uh, the hard, That's the thing about me is like, and this happened, you know, Hannah kind of got off this train. I used to watch, you know, I still watch a lot of kind of heavy YouTube stuff. I'll watch a lot of heavy stuff, conspiracy stuff. And Hannah used to really be in there with me. And then at some point it got too much for her. And she was like, I don't need that. It's like, it's a combination of, yeah, too much. And just, you know, there's these videos have these dates, like on April 26th, eh, the power grid's going to go down. And there, and then it, it comes, April 26th comes and nothing happens. And Dusty, you know that over the last five or six years, there's been a new date every six months. Well, I know. And, and I tell you the date. And nothing happens. And so it's a little bit like. I tell you the date and I go, listen, <laughs> I don't think anything's going to happen. But, you know, I'll be like, I'll be like, all right, I'm going to be home on this date. So that'll be good. If something does go down, I'll be home. So I try to, you know, when I hear people throwing around a date, I like to just go, well, let me pay attention to it just in case something does happen. You know, you don't want to get caught with your pants down, as they say. Yeah. And to be frank, like, or to be honest, you know, it's like, I feel like that about most of the content or, or stuff that I uh, consume online, like whether it's political podcasts or comedy podcasts or whatever thing I get into one season. It's like, it's also cyclical, but generally repetitive. So there's nothing new under the sun. And so after a while, it's just like, I'm bored. I'm like, Ugh, okay. Well, that's where I'm at too. These days, it's like, that's, uh, it's like any kind of political, uh, government conspiracy stuff. Like it's feel, I feel like I'm at a place now where, and that, which is why I've really into more gardening stuff Yeah, is because I'm like, all right, well, I know, I feel like I know all the conspiracies. I know all the things they're talking about. So what now? You know what I mean? Now it's like, if I believe that food is bad in this country, then I should start trying to grow my own. If I, you know, so that's, you know, that's kind of the, that's kind of where I'm at. And food is bad though. It's like, I've talked about this a lot, I know, but it's like, I have stories from people that they'll say they go to Europe or they go to South America and they're like, I ate just like I eat here and all my stomach problems went away. And then I came back and started and, and started eating the food here and all my problems came back. Um, so, and I, I talked about sunshine a little bit on, on Nate land and, uh, you know, uh, you still wear sunscreen. I believe that, uh, sunscreen is now you do choose uh like the the good chemical type sunscreen but i believe that sunscreen is bad and i think that 
Um, we're supposed to get the sun. Now, I don't mean we need to be sunbathing every day. We don't need to just be laying around in it. But some days, I think it's good to soak it up. And I think the sun's good. But there's a real concerted effort to make people think that the sun is just the worst thing ever. Well, I wear sunscreen because I am 98.9% Irish. And I have pale skin and I have sun damage on my face because I didn't wear sunscreen my whole life. So now I wear sunscreen because I'm not trying to get more sun damage and dark spots on my face. I don't wear it anywhere else. Now you good sir are gifted with a, a whole mixed bag of uh, DNA and your skin is olive and you don't burn and you don't have any sunspots. And it's just like, I wouldn't be wearing sunscreen uh, if I was like, like if I didn't have an issue, but I do have an issue. So I'm like, what am I supposed to do? I need to wear something on my face to protect my skin. So it doesn't get all these unsightly uh, blemishes. I think you look great. Well, thanks, but I can look better. But I'm not attacking you about the sunscreen. Okay. I'm, I'm only using it as an, I'm only saying you still do it. So yeah. even though I have this opinion, you still wear sunscreen. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not, you know, hiding your bottles of sunscreen. I'm not throwing them in the trash. I've come to a point in this marriage where it's like, okay, I know what you believe, Dusty. And for a long time, I've just been going along with it. But there's just certain things I've decided I'm going to do for my own peace of well, mind and my own health care. Going along, but it's been working out. Yeah, but there's just like certain things you would prefer me not to do that I'm like going to go ahead and do. Well, you know, it's like, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, we got to live our lives out here. You that's know right. what I mean? And that's that is important. I feel sometimes I find that I try all these different things to eat healthier and do this and do that. And then I'm like, is it even doing any good? But then I'll go, uh, you know, at Friday in Tulsa, I ate half a pizza the club, I asked the club, the club ordered us pizza from next door and I tore it up and then I felt bad for two or three days. Yeah. Yeah. We're all, uh, that's why I think like you have to take care of yourself. You just got to ask yourself, what do I need to do to give my own self a peace of mind for my own body and take care of my own health? And I want to empower myself with my own autonomy. And I want my children to see that you make your choices for your own body. Yes. Well, I, I, this, this is how bad it was. I ate two or three pieces of pizza before I went on stage, and I got a little nauseous. So I, I drank a Coke, which I don't really drink Cokes. But Cokes can settle your stomach a little bit. So I did that. I got nauseous, and then I drank the Coke. And then when I got off stage, I had three more pieces of pizza. <laughs> yeah. Pizza's the worst, though, because it's just so much bread, oil, and cheese. I love cheese. I know. Bread and cheese. <laughs> you do love bread and cheese. That's my favorite snack. Yeah, and you were also snacking on a block of cheese all weekend, too, yeah. weren't you? Bread so it's just like a ton of cheese, Dusty. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of cheese. I'm sorry for your struggles. Well, you got an article since we've already, yeah. since this podcast has already been um, shitty, se semi controversial <laughs> is what I was going to say. <laughs> Okay. You've been reading an article, and yeah. I did. You know, I did an episode. One of my guest appearances on Nate Land years ago, or, or a year ago. I don't know how long I've been doing it. Uh, I, I we talked about dinosaurs, 
And I have a pretty strong opinion about dinosaurs. Yeah. And then you were reading an article in the New York. New Yorker. New Yorker. And it was talking about dinosaurs. And I almost read it. I read about half of the article. But as you stated earlier in the podcast, you hate reading. Well, I was also getting dizzy that day. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe from reading. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But um, so did you have some stuff from the article that you wanted to read out? So the article was basically a, a critique or an interview with people that are making a documentary um, like a David Attenborough, like life on this planet documentary called life on our planet. And (laughs) (laughs) that's what the documentary is called. It's life on our planet. So the the article is about the, the making of this documentary, but the special thing about life on our planet is that not only does it feature animals currently alive on earth, it also features animals and dinosaurs that are now extinct and they use CGI obviously to recreate these animals, but they look as believable as animals today. And so that, so this article is just like interviewing the various people and research behind this like documentary that was able to bring dinosaurs and extinct animals to life. And so there was just a couple pieces in it that I thought you would think was interesting. So I'll just read and then you can stop me. Um, when you want. And basically my premise on dinosaurs is that, uh, I don't really believe in dinosaurs. Um, there is, uh, uh, a guy, an old preacher back in the day named Kent Hovind and Kent Hovind went to prison for like, I don't know exactly what it was, taxes of some sort. And then when he got out of prison, he never was the same. But old Kent Hovind, he talked a lot about evolution, about dinosaurs, and I really liked him. Now, he, I don't think he was didn't believe in dinosaurs, but he's kind of the, of the mindset that prior to the flood, we had a different, different atmospheric condition here on Earth where oxygen was, was stronger, like uh, there was more oxygen in the air, things grew larger, things lived longer. People lived longer. Food was better. So if people were living to be three, four hundred years old, and then there are reptiles on this earth today that is they never stop growing as long as they're alive. They're growing the entire time. So if, if say, an alligator never stopped growing and it lived to be 400 years, how big would it get? So that was kind of the idea that there were giant reptiles on the earth. They just weren't these, you know, dinosaurs of three different eras uh, uh, of, of earth where we apparently had three extinction extinction accounts and then three miraculous uh springs to life accounts yeah this uh, article claims that um 99.9 percent of all animals that have ever lived on earth are are extinct so right. like we're like the one percent currently in existence right now but 99 percent of them 
Yeah. Are gone now. So just wild claims, <laughs> always based on time. Everything is based on time. They go, oh, well, yeah, it seems crazy, but it took billions of years for it to happen. And then people go, oh, okay, well, I, I was thinking if it had to happen last week, that would be crazy. But if it took billions of years, well, that makes more sense. But it's like, it's all wild claims with little to no proof. And people that are in the field, I get it. They'll yell and scream and they'll go, you're an idiot. I'm in the field and I've done all the research. I've been in this business for 20 years and I got uh, several doctorate degrees and PhDs and I'm a genius and you're an idiot. And I get it. I get it. But it's like, it's all wild claims with little to no proof. Well, and a lot of, I mean, from reading this article, a lot of the claims are, were, were just papers that were written by esteemed academics from places like Yale that write a paper and it just kind of catches a bit of fire and, and people become interested in it and then they run with it. And, uh, you know, that the theory that the asteroid uh, hit the dinosaurs and that's what caused them to go extinct, that was only presented in the 1980s. That wow. the whole asteroid theory did not even exist until the 1980s. Can you believe that? Like I can't it, we just it. assume that that's been around forever, but it's like the same age as me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you know, and there are things like say like a dragon for instance. Now, all the people that believe in dinosaurs that just they just throw themselves at the altar of dinosaurs think it's ludicrous that a dragon could ever have roamed the earth. Meanwhile, you have accounts uh, dating way back, uh, you know, of people talking about dragons. And, you know, there's cave paintings of dragons. The Chinese have uh, a Chinese zodiac where you have, I think it's 12 uh, uh, animals, 11 of them being animals we know, and one being a dragon. So, uh, I guess the Chinese said, let's do 11 real animals and then one made up one. Uh, lots of cultures celebrate the dragon. It's as if the dragon once roamed the earth. The Bible talks about the dragon. So it's like, I don't know. I if, think, are we in the year of the dragon right now? I think we are in the year of the dragon. Yeah. So it's like if you're going to believe in a dinosaur, uh, the dragon would be one. And also... The, the Bible talks about, I think that's, uh, they talk about a behemoth, um, and that very well could be like a brontosaurus based on how it's described. And then I think there's the leviathan, uh, could be, you know, a Loch Ness monster type thing or just a sea dragon. Well, let's get into some of the, some of the stuff that they talk about okay. with dinosaurs. They're talking about the... Um uh, the the first dinosaur that kind of kicked it off in 1915. This is the article, and it's uh, reinventing the dinosaur by Rivka Galichin in the New Yorker. In 1915, the American Museum of Natural History mounted specimen 5027, a ferocious-looking dinosaur. About 45 percent of its skeleton had been found, including including a marvelously intact skull. The missing parts were constructed using educated guesses. Based on known relatives, a lot of dinosaurs even today are known from only one specimen or two or three partial skeletons. Yeah, they got no full skeletons out here. <laughs> yes. 
Henry Fairfield Osborne, then the president of the museum, had named the specimen Tyrannosaurus rex the tyrant lizard king. The Times, reporting on the fossil's discovery, wrote that it was more than 8 million years old. The Los Angeles Times said... Um, that the specimen was 3 million years old. It is estimated today to be 66 to 69 million years old. Mm. 66 to 69, just 3 million difference there. Just a short little span of time. Osborne thought that the animal was pretty athletic and he wanted to mount it in a dynamic way, showing two T-Rexes in a standoff over a fallen Hadosaur. But the pose was too much of an engineering challenge. It would have required numerous metal girders. Osborne then wanted the T-Rex to be as tall as possible, 20 feet high, but there was a beam in the way. Eventually, the T-Rex stood 18 feet high, poised in that classic tail-down upright stance of our collective dinosaur imagination. It was the first dinosaur fossil display of its kind in 1915, and for many years the only one, and it was seen by millions of people a year. So he was just coming up with a size for it. Well, not only was he coming, well, he, yeah, he was coming up with a size for it, but then also the logistics of actually physically making this matter come to life in a museum dictated how the dinosaur would look. So when we have these images of dinosaurs in our conscious now, because of, you know, just growing up with dinosaurs, we think of the T-Rex looking like this and being yay high. When in fact, a lot of the reason why it looks the way it looks is just the logistics of people creating something like that, especially in 1915, when they didn't have near as many of the means and glues and plastics that we have now i see i wish i had a specific example but i I, i'll see stuff on instagram sometimes where it'll be like they'll show a skeleton and they'll go what scientist would say this look like if they found it and then it'll be like some dinosaur looking thing and then they'll go what it actually is and it'll be like a chicken or like a little cat you know it's like (laughs) you know what i mean it'll be just some kind it'll be a squirrel but they'll have it looking like a velociraptor. Right. It says the original mount in 1915 had three claws on each of those curiously short front arms on the T-Rex. When paleontologists concluded that the T-Rex had only two claws, one was plucked off each arm. In the early 1990s, more changes were made. The pose was altered. Its head and neck were lowered so that it now looks more like a magnificent giant running chicken. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Today, the T-Rex stands only 12 feet above the ground at its highest point. So so it went from, what what was it? Like, what did I say, 20? They, they tried to make it 20 at one point, yeah. Yeah, now it's 12. Yeah, you know, and and, and one of the theories now is that, you know, and, and maybe this theory's been around a while because they were talking about this on Jurassic Park, that a lot of the dinosaurs evolved into birds that that's what eventually happened to them yeah they they talk about this in the article they went from being reptiles to birds and now the chicken is like an ancestor to the velociraptor and it's like it's just insanity it's everything they can do to keep from just giving god credit for creating things um and uh, or just give themselves credit for having wonderful imagination in science fiction yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it's just like, like it's they're fantastical, interesting creatures. Not no, like I'm not taking that away from them. And when I was in school, like like elementary school in like the late '80s, 
I feel like this is what we learned. These were the dinosaurs we learned. We learned Brontosaurus, Stegosaurus, Triceratops, T-Rex, and 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 uh, the flying one. Um, I don't know. I can't pronounce any of them. What was the flying one? Uh, pterodactyl. Those were the dinosaurs we learned. And then all of a sudden, one year they were like, oh, well, that was from this crustaceous period or whatever. And they were like, there's a whole other ones, Diplodocus. And these were yeah. from a, a different. Uh, the market demanded more. Period. And I'm like, what? Where did all these other dinosaurs come from? Even Daisy's got a book of about yeah. dinosaurs, like a little little fiction book. And I cannot pronounce any of them, and I don't recognize any of the names. I only know the the ones I listed: Triceratops, Stegosaurus, Brontosaurus. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, like paleontology as a science really like blew up in the nineteen sixties and onwards. And so, you know, when there's more experts, there's more desire. You got to prove your worth to like keep your job. So you got to write the papers and you got to formulate the ideas and you got to dig up the bones and you got to explain the bones. And and there's so many cool things to find and discover and dig for that we don't have to be making it up. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Even within the scientific community, there are often profound disagreements about how to interpret the fossil record. T-Rex, one of the dinosaurs about which most is known, is a great example of this. Some scientists say that it moved like a roadrunner from hell, but others argue that T-Rex's legs would not have been able to bear the body's enormous weight while running. Some say T-Rex was mostly a hunter, and others assure you that it was really a scavenger. Some say that the king of the dinosaurs was was covered in feathers, and others that that only the young had feathers or that among adults, probably only the males had a few decorative feathers. My generation, for the most part, can't picture T-Rex with any feathers at all. One thing I learned at the conference was the damned if you do, damned if you don't, this man says. Among the few details that scientists agree on was that the dinosaur shouldn't look shrink-wrapped. Tapster, Tapster explained dinosaurs in films are often very muscly, as if they've just come from the gym, except for human bodybuilders. Um, um so the one thing they agree on is that the movies that we've made about them are wrong no it's like we anytime a movie or a magazine or art is depicting a ty- tyrannosaurus rex that he's saying here like if it's if you don't draw it or construct it with muscles and he says here hefty like they have to have chunky legs. Like that's what we've come to accept them to look like. Yeah. So even if the science may dictate differently, it, we're still going to go with what's now in the. But they really have no culture. idea because all they found is bones, right? So they don't even know what it would actually look like. It could have been. Well, he was. He says later a giant on. Alligator. He says later on that the Tyrannosaurus Rex, according to the science and what they've discovered about the Tyrannosaurus Rex is that the science was pretty strong that the Tyrannosaurus Rex has lips, big lips. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, And feathers. Um, All right. Really ruining the image. He said an early draft of the T-Rex looked like. Jurassic Park is a lot different if the Tyrannosaurus Rex is chasing them with feathers and lips. Is he blowing them a little kiss? I'm going to get you. 
<laughs> it said an early draft of T-Rex looked like he had a mullet and was headed to a Metallica concert. Okay. And then he said, we asked them to pluck some feathers because uh. it looked ridiculous. So it does become a little bit more of just like, I don't know, like a fan fiction art thing like a like a kink thing like people are like into dinosaurs so they like create the dinosaurs they want to be created well, that's the thing right is it's like people are into dinosaurs and it's okay to be into them yeah just like you are into superheroes or into star wars or into that it's like it's okay but when you have to you know, everybody has to believe that this was real. Can you imagine like you're a huge Superman fan and I'm like, oh, that's cool. And you're like, oh, no, Superman was real. And you're like, oh, OK, well, I don't believe it was real, but it's cool that you're into him. And you're like, no, you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. You're a science denier, a moron. Yeah. If you don't if you don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's like. I mean, and I always believed in dinosaurs growing up but it just seems i don't know the more time i spend thinking about things and the more times i more time i just look at stuff i'm just like none of this makes sense you know the new yorker is wild too because it you know it it does take on stories from like a, a liberal or left uh perspective um but they also like that when you read this article like from my perspective, it's like you're you're basically admitting that dinosaurs are partially our creation, right? Like you're saying we have the bones and you believe you have the bones, but we're also you're also taking creative liberties, we'll say, in the creation of these dinosaurs. And it's not an exact science because there's no full dinosaur bones that have been found. You're basing on a couple bones and fossils. And then like other articles in the New Yorker, like there's been an article that I read about the behavioral sciences and how experts and, you know, scholars that are leaders in the behavioral sciences have completely run amok in their studies and their data's findings and stuff. And then they just completely fabricate their theses, but then society takes hold of it and takes it as true. Even though, like, the, the New Yorker will admit, like, yeah, this guy that was the leading guy for 20 years, we found out he's a fraud and all of his studies were fraudulent and he lied, but we're still just, like, running with these theories. But, like, by the time that all that gets shown to be what it is, it's like the, the like, society already believes what they believe and most people will never find out that, oh, none of this was real. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, it just feels like that. It's like it's too late because like the masses have already just been sold the lie and they just believe it is true. That just feels like what all of history is. Now. Yeah. It's like even I don't know if we ever talked about this uh, on the podcast, but Hannah and I did. Did we talk about doing the test? No. You down with it? Yeah. I've been waiting to tell everybody. Oh, okay. I already told everybody that I'm 99. Well, we should probably do, you know, I don't know if it's worth the whole podcast on, but we did. I'm against it. Hannah's against it. But uh, our curiosity got the better of us over uh, uh, over what we're against. But we did 23 and Me. <laughs> And we just wanted to see. Uh, Hannah's dad was uh, certain that Hannah was like 100% Irish. And her test came back that she was like 99.9% Irish. Yeah, I mean, it's like that's as Irish as it gets, right? But even, and then mine is uh, loads of stuff. <laughs> 
Yeah. Loads of stuff. Yeah. So it's like even, but even those tests only go back so far. They only go back to what? The 1600s? I don't know. I, I mean, they're talking about me having Neanderthal blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like it, 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 they take you back to the 1600s and then they leapfrog to Neanderthal. <laughs> we got Neanderthal blood in us. Yeah. And I'm like, I just think, well, yeah, you can trace it back so far. And then at some point, history is so screwed up that even no matter what, you, you got no way to go further back. You just don't know what's true anymore. I mean, the math is daunting. I mean, because me and you sitting here, we are a product from the very first people. Right. Everybody around us is the product of the very first people. Yeah. They, they ex, just exponentially created. Right. So to think that I'm somehow just 98.9% Irish, it's like, how is that? What does that even mean? Like, I guess it's easier to think about because Ireland's an island. But even then, it's like the Romans moved to Ireland. They traveled that channel way back in the day and inhabited it. Like, you know, well, that's what I'm saying is it's like, it's just, I just, you know, I'm, I'm fine with my results. None of my results upset me. And I thought yours were very exciting. Um, but it's like, um, I just don't believe there's any real way uh, to know any of these things. Like, and even if you go back to the 1600s, it's like, okay, so, but we believe, uh, I don't know, uh, even at the very least, uh, you know, people believe the earth is four to 5,000 years old, um, 6,000, 7,000, 8,000. Some people believe it's billions of years old. So, uh, we got, we are able to go back 400 years of that and that's it. Well, we don't know. I feel like there is no, nobody knows anything. And so I'm not saying I know dinosaurs weren't real, but I just don't believe in the current theories. Well, especially now to just take it as fact when the people who are the experts, the paleontologists that were interviewed in this article written by the preeminent magazines in the country are saying, yeah, we only have like this much fact, right? We only have like 40% evidence to, to support anything that we're presenting to you. And there's no, it's like, okay, so then, you know, you're running with a theory and, and it's an interesting theory, but you, but these creations that we we're seeing, these are creations. These, this is art. This yeah. is art. And it's like, and you're saying that 99% of all species that have ever lived are gone or extinct. And it's like, but you don't have one full dinosaur skeleton. It's like, you're going to make a claim like that and you don't got one full one. I think one? They, they said actually in the article that they had a magnificent skull. Didn't I say that? Well, that's a skull though. That's oh, okay. still not a full. Oh, you're saying full skeleton. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I, I, you know, yeah. I mean, what skull do they have? A Tyrannosaurus Rex? Yeah. But it's just like, look at a crocodile's head. Look at a hippopotamus. It's like, I don't know what those skulls look like. I'm sure I could look it up. But it's like, I don't know. I would just think a hippopotamus skull would be pretty impressive. Almost Tyrannosaurus Rex-like. Yeah. I just like to think that the Dark Ages truly were the Dark Ages where they just wiped out a bunch of information 
and that we truly really don't know what happened before I'll say the 1400s. And some people think that we're like, uh, like, like we're really in like, it would really be like 10, 24 right now. Like we've added a thousand years to the timeline. Like that's what some people believe that, uh, you know, this, the, the dark ages, as you speak of, like maybe are called that because they didn't even exist. Mm. And we just, we just read some, some things wrong because there was like a way they used to keep time and i think it would say like a j or an i before it so yeah. it'd be like i 794 and then like over time they just took that i to mean one so instead of being 794 it'd be like 1794 oh wow yeah yeah i mean i'm much more interested in the uh less popular working theories i'm more interested in your theories dusty well, there's, there is some really good kind of paleontology stuff that I watch on YouTube uh, where they get into the, you know, just the history of this and that. And I really love that stuff. I mean, that's what I like to get into. I mean, and Native American culture. We yeah. cover that on the podcast. Yeah. Too. Yeah. I went down a, I've gone down some rabbit holes with a lot of things that I, I wouldn't even share because I'm interested in hearing what people have to say about it, but it upsets people if you talk about it, but it's yeah. just like, there's some wild stuff out there. And I just believe that we, there's a lot of lies out there and we have no idea. Yeah. I believe it. I don't know what I believe, but I believe it. Well, that's the, that's what I think is the way, like I believe the Bible. Uh, but even in the Bible, it's like, you know, there were 12 tribes of Israel. And my understanding is that the, it was the tribe of Benjamin and the tribe of Judah that, they have accounts for, and then the other 10 tribes were lost. So yeah. that whole, you know, 10 tribes of Israel uh, are, are missing. They don't know where they're at. Like, so it could be you, it could be me. I don't know, I'm 99% Irish. But who knows? I mean, maybe at that time, maybe the tribe of Dan went to Ireland. Yeah. And maybe the Irish people are the tribe of Dan or. I know. I really wanted to be like French or Jewish a little bit. I wanted to be Native American. I know you did. Yeah. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. That was the saddest part of it. You had a couple of revelations in there though. Yeah. But that was the saddest part though. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's too bad. I know. It's okay. It really wasn't sad. Uh, you're making it seem like I was <laughs> crying about it. Uh, it was just like... I uh, thought you were going to be a little Native American. Well, me too. My dad says that his dad would had, had really black hair and was fairly dark-complected. And uh, I never met him. He died in 1966. But said he had really black hair and was fairly dark-complected and claimed to be part, you know, Cherokee Indian. Mm -hmm. And where... Um, my, and that's why I'm also like, can you even believe these things? Um, but then where I'm from, like Chambers County, Lee County area in Alabama is supposed to be like a big Creek Indian, kind of the last area of them. Yeah. Before they got moved to Oklahoma. Mm. Yeah. So. All right. Hello, Mayorish. 
Well, this was a great, uh, I feel like this podcast was good. Uh, the late night ones can be a it little weird. It was all right. I it was think. all right. Yeah, it wasn't as funny as I'd have liked it to have been. Uh, I, I, I kind of pride myself on the idea that, you know, we're not aiming for super funny, but I think we, we, we could have done better. We could have been more funny. <sighs> but it is one of those where it's like, I'm doing too many things right now. Maybe also the fact that we just like talked about how we don't believe in dinosaurs for so long. To some people, just they're laughing at us, like, ironically, like, they think we're idiots. And so it's ridiculous so. that we're saying the things we're saying. Yeah, and we are, you know, we're just doing a bit. And, um... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. Uh, we are uh, big science guys. Well, you know, that's the thing, too, is it's like, it, it, it's, it's now considered anti-science, if you just don't believe the mainstream science. And to me, isn't it more sciencey to be like, I don't know, guys, maybe we should think about it a different way. To me, that's more scientific than I'll just believe whatever you tell me. Yeah. You tell me a thing and I'll say I believe it. If you tell me the Tyrannosaurus has feathers and lips, then I'll believe it. I'll go, where can I get my Tyrannosaurus lipstick? Mm. I'll believe it. People just worship the white collar. Yeah. White collar um, jobs. Yeah, the you mean a doctor? Yeah, scientist. Yeah, white collar. I feel like white collar seems like I know. I felt like it seemed like broken. I was talking about like a priest, but I just mean like you know oh, they thinking. say blue collar and white collar and white collar jobs are like you know the experts and the elites and this and that. I think blue collar is like you're 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 driving a truck, right? And white collar is that you're uh, a businessman. Yeah. You're a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> you're a scientist. I, I don't know what, what do they call it. A, what is it? A smock? What do they call a a because uh, the the priest <laughs> is wearing a robe. I think yeah. you call that the robe or a man of the collar. Yeah. And then what do you call a doctor's uniform? What is that called? Smock. Is I it a smock? No, I don't know. Scrubs. Scrubs. Yeah, but I don't think they're li wearing a lab coat. Yeah, lab coat, white collar. Yeah, but you can't say what white collar's taken, though. You got to find, it's got to be a different. <laughs> but I'm right. Yeah, it's like George Carlin says, white collar, blue collar, doesn't matter what kind of collar you're wearing. I forget the joke, but. Uh, um, but I think people knew what I was saying. Well, we'll see. <laughs> okay. But, you know, uh, I don't think you can get your money back for the Indianapolis tickets if you've listened to this and decided <laughs> that you don't want to come see me. But um, I'm trying to get you to do a podcast with one of your friends. Because, I mean, anytime someone's doing a podcast with their wife, it's like it's going to get it's going to get sounding like a married couple who talks about, you know, dirt in their toenails sometimes. Oh, how much? What time are we at right now? One oh five. Let's say this, though. Oh, well, this is not all right. Even, all right. All right. Just one of them. All right. We got two things. Two really. It's gross. Well, on, you might as well tell both. Nah, just do one. It's gross on my part. I mean, it's not gross for you at all. I don't know why. I think but this is, uh, I like, you know, I'm a big, like, reuser of glasses. I'll, I'll use a cup 
over and over again. And me and Hannah, we'll, we drink a lot of water and we'll just drink water throughout. And it, there'll be a cup laying around with some water in it. I'll pick it up. I'll drink it. I'll refill it up. I'll find a jar. I'll put some water in it. I'll drink it. You know, that's just kind of how we roll around here. You know, Hannah it does very good to keep the dishes clean. If, if it were just me, that whole thing that I said would be a much grosser situation because I'd use one cup for a week um, and, and, you know, never wash it, you know, but Hannah keeps the wash it, the dishes washed around here, uh, and the clothes clean and the sheets clean. And she does a great job. But one day I woke up in the morning and I got a jar and, uh, I just grabbed the jar off the table and I filled it up with water and I just started drinking it. And, uh, I, I drank this whole jar of water and then when I got to the very end, I turned it up and there was like something in my mouth. It was like a couple of, I was like, oh, what is this? And, and I finally got it. I got it with my tongue and pulled it out. It was fingernails. It was Hannah's fingernails. She had picked her fingernails and rather than putting them on the coffee table, she put them in this jar because she didn't want to be dirty and leave the fingernails laying around. Yeah. So she just put them in this jar and I and I drank her fingernails. And the best part was that I witnessed you do it, but I didn't know you did it. All I heard was you first thing in the morning, like, oh, oh. it's the grossest You're thing. Like making this kind of guttural noise. And I thought that you were ill. And I was like, are you okay? You're like, what's what in this jar? <laughs> they knew right away. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> And it, I couldn't stop laughing. I'm still laughing. It's so hard the right most now. disgusting thing that's ever <laughs> happened so to me. Funny. <laughs> oh my god! And then, all right, I'll tell the other. And then, so Hannah's been doing this teeth tooth thing. Uh, she's been it's a, to, a tooth cleaning thing, whitening. And, yeah, and then she'll uh, she as she's doing it. I didn't I didn't realize this is a part of it. And we have these shaker cups. Now the shaker cups are my favorite. I'll. I drink out of, well, that, no, it's no, like more, this. more like the black thing right oh, there. Oh, yeah. Uh, I drink out of that all the time. That's my favorite thing to drink <laughs> out of. And so, um, every, and I, Daisy wanted some water. I needed some water. <laughs> and uh, so I grabbed Hannah's shaker bottle. The top was off of it. I grabbed her shaker bottle. I take it down. I fill all of them up. And then I take a sip. I don't know why. I take a sip out of her. I go, I look inside and I go, I guess she had something in there because I got a lot of, you know, we call them potions. I got a lot of different powders that I'll mix up in water and drink. And uh, I go, I guess she had something in there like that. So I take a sip and I go, oh, that's kind of gross. And uh, she yells down and she goes, she goes, just bring back up the pink bottle. That yellow one's the bottle I've been spitting in. <laughs> so apparently with the whitening you have to spit a lot of stuff out so i just took a <laughs> cup that she'd been spitting in and filled it up with water and took a sip of it well i don't have to spit it out but it's bleach so i don't want to swallow it so, so i drank bleach the other day. i drank s spit up bleach i drank bleach and toenails <laughs> 
<laughs> That's what's been happening to me. I've been sitting around here drinking bleach and toenails while trying to make money for the family. Yeah, I'm feral. I'm feral. <laughs> I'm absolutely feral. All right. Well, that's it. Yeah. Thank you very much. We're having a good time. <laughs>